is chilling. What more can I say? Top villain. My special guest today is one of the funniest comedians in the world. She has been duly noted as one of the funniest females in the game by LA Magazine. You have seen her on shows like Barat and movies like Miracle on 120th Street, A Star is Born. My name is Dolomite. Dolomite is my name. Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. The list goes on and on. And just another note, she's on a new series on HBO. It's an Emmy award-winning series, Hacks. Can I introduce to the game, to my people that's listening, the one and only Lunell? Oh, my God. Hi, Bill. How did you do all that? <laughs> Damn, it took me about 13 hours to do your intro. <laughs> yes, and you barely scratched the surface, but it's okay. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I just got a really good team mm-hmm. after, you know, a couple of switch-ins and outs. Yes. I just got a really good team that knows me. And sends me on auditions that we think I could get. Absolutely. You know? Uh, you know, you get more no's than yeses, of course, but I get a fair amount of yeses. And I dare say it's not for my tremendous acting ability, but people just like to be around me and I bring a light to the set. You know, oh I'm not one God. of them whiny ass actors that after like in their 13th hour, as if you thought a day, a day was eight hours in showbiz. Anyway, bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> After 13 hours, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I'm ready to go home. Okay, so didn't you pray to be here? Didn't Absolutely. you pray for this? Didn't you ask for now, this? the home you're in, didn't this get that? So shut the fuck up. I can't stand a whiny-ass actor. So I'm always happy to be on the set. And, you know, even if I don't know my lines, they, they let me get away with stuff as long as I hit the beats, you know. And but you, like but you have the feeling. And this yeah. is one of, the, um, one of the things that I was thinking about last night when I knew you were going to come in. I want to say to you that it's been a long time coming that you receive your flowers because I feel like, Lunell, you have always been grinding. Like, you've been right there. You've always been good. You got better. And then all of a sudden, something happened. I don't know if you got a new man. I don't know if you... you, 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 That ain't it. That ain't it. That's good for some materials, though. But but you turned the corner for, for yourself and the game, and I feel like your light is on. And I feel your energy it feels good to see you win well thank you mm-hmm. and I'm still you know I, I literally kicked and clawed and scratched my way to wherever this is that I'm at, at right, you right. know mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy because we didn't have no social media nothing like that all we had was that bitch funny you should go see her right. and that was it that's how you you know, and then I was in Oakland and I was popular there before I even got here. The two first movies I made was in San Francisco. So I made an axe murderer, Mike Myers film before any of the Austin Power and The Rock with Sean Connery and Nicholas Cage. I did them before I even came to LA. So wow. I had done a lot before I even came to LA. That's awesome. So, yep. And I was very popular because I was on TV doing this in Oakland, California on a black owned and operated network called the Soul Beat Television Network. And then whenever the comics would come to Oakland to do the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition. They would come through my television station and I would interview them. So that's why when I came to L.A., I already knew everybody when I got here. Wow. But I still had to, you know, go through the steps, you know. And I think that there's beauty in the struggle. If you can just, you know, yes, we're jealous. I'm jealous that a motherfucker can, because of likes on a phone, can get enough money to 
buy a house the second year in the game. Yeah, I, that 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 bothers me. Yeah, that's a new part of the game. I have to let it go because that's just the way it is now. Yeah. But there's, they'll never know what it is to do road trip from, you know, from L.A. to to fucking Chicago. Yeah, they'll and never, grind and stay in hotels that ain't nobody should stay in. Four to a room. <laughs> four, four to, to a room. room. I remember my first roommate ever was Adele Gibbons. I never had a roommate. And we did a show. Me, oh me, me and Adele always laugh about about this because I was like, where you going? And she was like, this room. I was like, we they put us in the same room. Oh. It was so crazy. It was like a little condo thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we were doing Miami nights. Okay. And uh Adele was my first. I never ever had a roommate for a weekend to do a show. And we always laugh about it. and she was like, Bill, you ain't even try to get no booty. <laughs> no, because we that were was like was disappointing. Yeah. No, no, but we were we were just brother and sister the whole time. But at the same thing, I feel like you have um paved the way for females and they don't even know it. Like I think that you've shown that talent, grit. And, and, and stick to itiveness. And sacrifice. And sacrifice. And you raise your daughter while you grinding. Mm. Like, what was that path like for you? Well, I thought mm -hmm. that it was fine. My daughter has a father, Dana Garrett. He was a comedian when, when we met. Okay. And that's why it was a big deal in Oakland when we smashed and had a baby because the two comics done made a baby. Like, right. that don't always happen because number one rule is don't fuck a comic. Right. I fucked when I had a baby. So see what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, so when I left LA, when I left Oakland to come to LA, mm -hmm. um, I was able to leave my daughter with her father okay. and his mom and his sister and brother okay and so she was with her father's side of the family i didn't see nothing fucking wrong with that it's not like i left her with a cousin or grandma the way we used to get raised by your grandmother and stuff like that this is damn daddy so i went to l.a i was i married he was grinding sleeping in the car sleeping with his daddy had and all the stuff but i finally you know got uh enough money to get a studio apartment my daughter would come visit me then i'll take her back to oakland then when i got my house I went and got her, and she came out, and she's been in L.A. ever since, going back and forth whenever she wants to. But the issue was, we did Iyama Fix My Life for a free trip to Atlanta. We was like, yeah, let's go do this. We thought this is going to be a big joke. We're going <laughs> to fuck with Iyama Ben. And we got there, and then I found out there had been issues, you know, that I missed as a mom being on the road. Wow. You know, when she had to ride the bus to school, we was in South Central. The shit she's seen on the bus, the things that she's experienced. I never knew nothing about that. Didn't even cross my mind. Whoa. Didn't even think about it until we did Iyanla. And so I do realize that me not being there as a mother 24-7 for my child was a sacrifice and did do, you know, had some residual damage. Absolutely. However. You still had to get that bread. On the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she wouldn't look as good as she do. She wouldn't live as well as she does. Neither would I. And none of this shit was happening without that sacrifice. And that's what I'm saying. What do you want? Do you want to make your kid happy? Or do you want to make your kid be able to live a quality life? Yeah. And it does. And when it's the mother, you catch more flack. Daddies, unfortunately, uh, through society have been programmed and fell into the trap of not being around. And everybody got used to that. But when mommy's not around, it's a, 
it's it's, it's, a, it's, it's a struggle. A thing. It's yeah. a thing. I mean, it's a struggle for me, you know, um, raising two kids and having a successful career. And like, you know, and before I had children, I was married to the game. Yeah. Before I before I, like before I got married, had and kids, was I was just killing the game. And killing. You oh you have to be married to it to kill it to like kill that. To kill it like that. Yeah, everything else is secondary, period. Yeah, it was it was really a difficult uh a change for me because, you know, I was just getting my jobs. Some jobs would take me three months. I'll be out of the country four months. I'd be over here two weeks. What then, did you shoot out of the country? I shot uh, uh two films. I shot a movie called Never Was. And I shot another movie called, uh, what was it called? Kindergarten Copper 2 or something. And I was out of the country, like, and I couldn't come back and forth. Bill, did you say I sucked that water bottle? Yeah, that was really interesting. I was going to say that, but I know. I was you going to get distracted, no, but you I, kept I, I focus. I, I was trying to stay focused. Bravo. But that bottle was happy. But anyway. It's collapsing in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to experience, you know, several versions of that where I had to say no to certain gigs and and try to, uh, you know, sort of, you know, okay, well, my daughter, I'm not missing, you know, daddy-daughter dance. I'm not missing that. That's not going to happen. You know, or there's certain things with my son that I just was like, well, that month or that week or those two weeks, I can't do it because I can't get that time back. Do yeah, you I didn't do a lot of that. <laughs> like my, <laughs> You was like, I'm going to get this bread. I mean, no, like my, you know, my, okay, my daughter had a fabulous let me tell you where I rented out. I rented out Maverick's flat for my daughter's graduation party. Mm. The club. The whole club. Entire. She had a red carpet. She had a photographer. She had a, we had massage guys there, manly hands for her women's feet got tired. We had a DJ. We had a chef. We had food and everything. Her father was there. Her auntie was there, but I wasn't there. Laura was there, but I wasn't there. Because you had a gig. Because I had a gig. And, um, I don't want to say she held it against me, but well, yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, um, the thing. The thing about being a parent in the game is it's sort of like a catch twenty two, because your family definitely wants you to be successful. Trust me. They want you to be successful. Yeah. But they don't always understand the the call of duty, though. They don't understand it until the streets start making noise. <laughs> like, I was already doing comedy, but until people started calling my brother, I see no sister on TV last night. And they were calling my sister and, and telling them, <laughs> they was like, for real? Right. Like, yes, motherfucker, I told you that was coming on TV tomorrow night. You didn't believe me. Right. And stuff like that. And here's the other thing. If you're going to sacrifice like that, and if you're going to grind like that, be talented enough to where that shit's going to pay off. Yes. Don't be a fucking hack, and you're out here missing your kid's shit and all that shit, and you ain't going nowhere. And, and, and you ain't doing nothing with gonna it. going to be a local motherfucker for the rest of your life. Make sure that you make some noise. If you got to do this and miss being with the kids, you better be successful. Absolutely. And you are, Lunel. I mean, I feel like, I feel like you have done it old school where you know now we have the you know social media opportunities for people you know you have cats that can do skits and do kind of things and got a billion followers and like you said can get on you came up like i did where we were in the club 
And we had to have 10 minutes sometimes, five minutes. Then we turn around mm-hmm. and we got 20. And we said, uh-oh, mm-hmm. if I get 20. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. be on a big show. It's I'm tired of 20. doing clubs. It's that and, then, 20. and then we got from doing the small little club hole in the wall to doing the Barclays Center. I did the Barclays with you. Yeah. I see you out there. I see you out there doing your thing. I was so proud of you. I'm like, look at my boo-boo. And most recently, the Hollywood Bowl with Dave Chappelle. Come on, man. Like, who even thinks? I didn't even, I mean, you don't even, like, you know, when they say God got, you know, dream bigger dreams than you can dream for yourself. Well, I mean, I've been to the bowl to see Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right. I've been to the bowl to see Stevie. Exactly. I've been to the bowl to see Anita Baker. Like, I ain't been there to see no motherfucking comedy. <laughs> so I never even thought in my wildest dreams to dream about being at the bowl. Look but now, what is wrong with you? What they you, you at the table now. It's not, it's over. Stop. You at the table. You here. You at the table. Yo, before we came on the air, <laughs> Bill and I were reminiscing. <laughs> and I said, I, I told him, I said, I fought and scratched and clawed for this relationship. Right. Bill was motherfucking doing America's Got. Uh, I was doing uh, who I was doing Who's Got Jokes and I did Last Comment Standing. All that. He was doing all that. <laughs> he was the big shit. Like you be in a, a fucking uh, improv and, you know, Bill walked through the fucking hallways that Steve's parted, you know, because here comes fucking Bill, beautiful, beautiful ass Bill Bellamy. He's like a guy like this motherfucker right here. And then every time you playing love interest in movies and shit, you're like, nigga's beautiful. Look at those lips. You know, you do all that shit. And then he get on stage and he kill him like, oh, my God, he's everything and i used to try to talk to him. you was trying to get my number you didn't tell me that i know I, no, I was trying to try were you to, trying, trying to holler at me you were trying to holler at me stop no, playing fool. I was, you could tell it no too. that okay now i was hollering without <laughs> <laughs> the kids is growing but so um, stupid but no i was trying to get your attention i wanted to be on who's got jokes maybe or what one of them i wanted to be on a one audition and then i did i think and then i didn't make it or whatever and I was just, you and D-Ray are taller than me. Yes. And so y'all, he did it too. They used to talk over me to the guy Do people on know the how little, side of me. You know how little you are? I'm and very then, little. And then when you in the comedy club, you always you always hit me right here by my elbow. <laughs> so I always think it's a kid. And you'd be like, Belle, it's Lumnow. I know, hi, Belle. Lumnow, hi, Belle. <laughs> I remember like one night I was at the improv. You was like, how long you gonna act like you don't see yes, me? Yes, I know. <laughs> you oh, so you and it sort of like shocked you like I was like what you what? was like because I've been standing here you talking all over me I mean, and that's the beauty of it you always check me like like no matter what I'm doing if I'm somewhere if if you and I was at an Oscar party and I didn't speak to you I'm gonna get, oh, she would be like now nah, you. You oh, better get it together. If you right. ain't drunk, you better clean up. Bro. And I like you drunk, by the way. You, you do? But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted somebody to see me. Yes. See me. I do see, see you me. and acknowledge no, but you. you. Know, and, and, you know, Daniel Dugard said something one time that stuck with me all my life. He said, Linnell, you know, they never see you coming. They don't see me coming. I come in the club. I be assuming my, you know, little position. I don't be running around. See me, see me, see me. Then I just go up there and destroy shit. Yo, and then I just walk away. Let me tell you what I seen one night. And I know you're not going to remember this. And this is when I was like, you know what? I am literally baptized in the Lunel Radiant Fire. <laughs> we were, um, we were at, uh, Maverick Flats, which is AKA used to be the, 
comedy theater back in the day, right? No. no. Maverick's Flatters on Crenshaw, the comedy act theater, was on 43rd, off of Crenshaw, okay. in the Park. So one night, for whatever reason, you and I, we're doing a fundraiser for somebody. <laughs> and I go on stage, destroy, like, <laughs> like, like to the point of like on some King Kong stuff. Right? <laughs> And I said to myself, as I'm walking off, I'm saying, why they put Lou Nell on behind me? That's ridiculous. Cause I don't know if she's gonna be able to handle this. Let me tell you how she did this. Bruh. This woman said, Y'all gonna get your look. <laughs> Cause I ain't doing all that. And sat down and went ham for 30 to 40 minutes of nonstop bangers. I mean, and I stood there and watched you stood these people up. Most people can't follow me, I'm be honest. With you. <laughs> and I, that's when you that's when you that's that's when I say, you know, my baby my baby bang. My baby bad. Do you know the feeling I'm talking about? I'm it's sure. like you you know when you perform and you have those kind of sets or you or you have those kind of drop the mic night. Just a drop the mic night and you you are capable of that and you have your own lane. You don't sound like nobody else. Right. You ain't trying to be nobody else. Right. It's it's a real chick with swag though. You you do it with swagger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um a, another question I have for you is for is you know the game is it's like with women I feel like we just don't have enough girls that want to be comedians. You know we have plenty Do of think? We just don't have enough great ones. Oh, see, there's a lot of good ones around. Okay, and if you want to be good, that's fine. My goal was to be great, though. Okay, and it wasn't to be the greatest. I just wanted to be great. I wanted to play the same game the boys do. I don't want no. She's a girl. I got to put her on her. I didn't want that shit. I wanted to be able to. You fuck some shit up. Watch me fuck some shit up too. You did that. Yeah, I can do that too. Yeah. And you know, I'm not scared either. And I'm not scared of you. And I'm not scared of them. And this is just because I don't know how to write a joke. All I can do is tell what's happened to me on any day. But that's basis. what's funny, though. On any motherfucking day, I can tell you some <laughs> shit that's like an hour-long HBO's fucking special. Because shit happens to me, you know? Right. So, um, uh, I just think that some kind of way my personality hit the zeitgeist of human regular black folk and white and yeah. latino yes because i don't just perform in front of black folks that's another mistake that black comics make if you're out of georgia if you're out of uh the bronx or right. you're out of wherever you can't just do that forever if you're a comic your job no matter who the fuck it is tomorrow night from eight to nine o'clock be funny go it don't matter if you're in front of the Jewish coalition, the fucking Scientologists, the motherfucking uh, Beverly Hillbillies, or whoever the fuck. Your job <laughs> is to make a motherfucking laugh, no matter who they Absolutely. are. Absolutely. That's your job. Go to and work. And that's why I can't stand comics to be like, fuck y'all, that was funny. No, bitch, it wasn't. Because if it was, they'd be laughing. The crowd don't lie. No, the crowd don't lie. Now, I have... Uh, it, here's another question for you. If What would what would you say now to the young Lunel? What advice would you give if you could go back and talk to yourself 20 years ago? What what advice would you give to the young Lunel now to the wise? Put the cocaine down <laughs> first. And don't steal that money. <laughs> 
That would be my that, advice. To that would that would be good. Put the cocaine down and don't steal that money. Don't steal that money. Them people know you did it. Yeah, and you're gonna go to jail for four months and eighteen days and twenty dollars for extra facility. Caesar Chavez Boulevard, downtown Los Angeles, California. <laughs> That's what's going. Five three six three zero two. No more booking number. Campbell, roll up your property. That, that's what happens when you make a bad decision. That's what happens. Now, how about this, though? When you made the bad decision, what were you able to do to say, this was what this is, and get back to your dream? Well, I still fucked up after I got out of jail. But the one thing that I did do that I think was very prophetic, you know, when you, when you, when you get released from jail, mm-hmm. you get released back into the clothes you was arrested in. Okay. And when I was arrested, I was arrested at my home in the Bay Area. They extradited me back here to Long Beach and I mean to LA and, and put me in jail. So I had on a like a pajama top and some overalls and a robe. That's what I was arrested in. That's also what I was released in. Whoa. So I was downtown LA, like in the jewelry district, you know, waiting on the bus in a robe, looking like I belonged there. <laughs> <laughs> Look so, like like I so belong right of, down there. You got out of jail and looked like you was home. I, I, yeah, oh, oh, here I am. Now I live on the street. I right. didn't have no money. The bus driver let me ride to Long Beach when my girlfriend met me. The next day, she bought me a sweatsuit. Before I went home, I went to the comedy store. And it was Fat Tuesday. No way. I said, guy, because everybody knew I'd been in jail. You know, comedy community knows every motherfucking thing. So everybody knew I was in jail. I was like, guy. And he was like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. I said, bro, you got to let me go up. I got some shit. I got to get off my mind. Now, this isn't included in the Fat Tuesday documentary, but they did film this story. It may be shown at another time. So guy introduced me i went on stage i told him about what happened to me for the last four last four fucking months i said i'm traumatized i can't eat no more apples as long as i fucking live because when you go to county jail every day they give you a fucking punk bitch ass apple in your mystery meat motherfucking sandwich lunch (laughs) okay i said i'll never eat a fucking somebody give me an apple i'm gonna throw it at somebody and i (laughs) and i just told what had happened to me about the strip searches and the the bitches looking in your ass and all this shit because I went through all this shit. Right. And, um, you know, I knew it was, I said I knew it was time to go because there was a bitch that came in there that looked like Snoop. And I wanted to sit next to the bitch. I said, oh, it's time for me to go. <laughs> she said a girl that looked like Snoop. She looked like Snoop Dogg. It was a girl. She had braids. Yeah, tall, lanky bitch. Look like Snoop. I'm telling you. <laughs> the bitch looked like Snoop. And so. I was like, hi. Hi. <laughs> So I knew the Lord let me out after that. He's like, no. You got to get out of there. So you get out of jail. You go to the comedy store. You get back to your. Get a standing ovation, by the way. And kill, obviously. Yeah, standing ovation. Fresh out. Before I could even go home. Fresh out of jail. Before I could (laughs) even go home and see the baby I hadn't seen in four months, I had to push myself on that stage. Do you understand what you just said? Yeah. You had to come to the church. The stage is the church for Mm -hmm. us. You know, Mm -hmm. I I never forget when I lost my brother that same night, I had to perform. And, um, I could not understand how I was able to do it. I was traumatized, you know, and um, it was the pain. The pain of losing my brother was so sudden. And it was literally like my brain 
Like, were you on automatic, like on remote control? I can't explain it to you. It, it's it, You just reminded me. It was like one of those moments in my life where I was just like, it was an outer body experience. It was almost like all my trauma was sitting here, but my physicality and my uh, 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 intellect was still moving like a, like, a, like a robot or something. Yeah. But when I got on stage, right, I had one of the best performances of my life. Of my, of my life is that crazy? when I was the saddest. Isn't that crazy? It's unbelievable. <laughs> the, 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 one of the most traumatic moments of my life, I had the most outstanding performance. And I never forget at the end of that show, there was a lady who brought her mom up in the wheelchair. And she said, Mr. Bellamy, can you take a picture with my mom? My mom hasn't been out the house in two years. And it's her birthday. And she hasn't been outside since... My dad passed, and my mom, we haven't seen our mama laugh in two years. And that's when I, I think knew. I saw her on my 600-pound life. I don't know who it was. No. No, but you know what I'm I saying. Know. And the lady said, and the lady said, she said, she started crying. She said, Mr. Bellamy, you mean so much to us because we needed to laugh. And I was like, well, then it's 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 bigger than us. It's really a ministry. It's a ministry. If you're really doing it right. And it is a gift mm -hmm. because we can do it at will whenever mm -hmm. I can make anybody laugh. Right. Anybody. Absolutely. And the Bible says that laughter does the so good like medicine. I've had so many people inbox me, especially during quarantine. Uh -huh. And shortly after, like you got me, you know, I started this YouTube show, Hey Lunell on YouTube. 62 episodes are up, and I started before George Floyd and Amaya Aubrey. So my show literally went from happy, lunel, quirky into this dark, dark racial place when we were doing all that stuff. And then I realized I can't go as dark as I'm slipping because they're looking for me to pull them out of the darkness that they're in. Absolutely. So then I had to come back up and start being cheery again. And that's all documented on this, on YouTube. And People wrote me and like, you got me through the quarantine. You know, I look forward to seeing your show every Wednesday and I'm a lunatic for life. And, you know, and that, and that right there, that's bigger than a pool or a view or anything like that to know that you moved somebody like that. Just a little us. Yeah, little man. Us. Hey, listen, man, we just don't know our, our full impact or our potential until we really, really hear it. Because a lot of times when we tell jokes, we realize, you know, or we don't realize like, okay, the laughter is one aspect of it, but the change is something else because we have messages that are in our jokes too. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? If you're doing it right. If you're doing it right. There's some lessons in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember when uh, uh, I first started, uh, I did a showcase in Montreal, and uh, George Wallace was the host. That's he said, right. Mr. Bellamy, how funny do you think you are? I said, sir, I am hilarious. He <laughs> said, you ain't shit. He said, come see me in 25 years. I bet you be hilarious. <laughs> and so... He, George Wallace I, said George that? that to me. And I said, why do you say that? He said, because you 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 ain't live yet. He said, you're going to live. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. Mm -hmm. You're going to go through some setbacks. And all your jokes is going to get rich from your life. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, that's kind of deep. And so about two weeks ago, I was in Atlanta. And he did a spot with me. Mm -hmm. He said, what I tell you? Mm -hmm. And he and he literally seen me get better over time and be better because life I've I experienced so much. If there's an experience that you feel um, made you for the better, made you for the better, even if it was tough outside of the jail thing, what do you think was the experience that made you a better comedian and a person? 
being able to hang out with Paul Mooney. <sighs> being able to be his friend from Oakland, being able to know his people, being mm-hmm. able to have him give gifts to my daughter, being able to open for him on the road, being able to be by his side as he was getting older and, mm-hmm. you know, things are getting more difficult, being able to cover for him, being able to listen to him and decipher his messages and to be at live recordings of his albums, nice. albums in San Francisco at the Punchline and stuff like that. And um, just being his friend, being his, being probably he, he was one of the guys uh, that... Uh, to me, is one of those uh, unsung sort of like... Can I share something real quick? Yeah. I have a wedgie in my coochie right now. You do? Do you know you can get a wedgie in your coochie? No, I If didn't. your lips are long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I got to change. I got to... Okay, get, my get, get, get your stuff Go together. Ahead, don't, 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 don't okay, I'm not going to look right now. Okay, cool. All right, all right. You know, just go and get it out. Get it out. Oh, my get God. It out. Okay. I have never had this Ooh, on a show. You had it on a <laughs> Have you ever seen this on a podcast that the coochie get twisted? Well, you probably ain't had a bitch with, you know, pussy biggest mind on your (laughs) show. It's it's a a gift and a a curse. No wonder you sit with your legs open. Yeah, I can't close the mother... Wait, do you understand we on the show? Anyway, okay, anyway, you were talking about. <laughs> I, I was trying to. I was trying to say that one of, one of the things you mentioned, Paul Moody, who is one of mm-hmm. my heroes. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the pleasure uh, when I first started doing stand up. I met him at a club in Jersey, and uh, he was doing like a a, a, a weekend. I go up to Paul Mooney. I'm brand new. I said, Mr. I'm, I'm talking like this. Mr. Mooney, um, I'm Bill Bellamy. I'm from New Jersey. I'm a new comic. I've only been doing this like three or four years. I said, sir. And, uh, I said, what, what, what advice do you give to a, a new comic? He said, uh, Mr. Bellamy, um, let me ask you a question. Do you love it? <laughs> if you are not willing to eat, shit drink this huh. game didn't get away from me <laughs> that's Mooney. that is exactly what he said just that's like perfect. that and it's true and it's true and it's true you gotta go all out you gotta live it you gotta breathe it you gotta think about it you gotta be it and um dude i want to give him home. his flowers your kid is home sick with a fever mm-hmm. you got a show you stay home with the kid or do you go do the show? You go do the show. That's how you go buy the medicine for the kid if you ain't got no money. Facts. Facts. Now somebody the, the baby be all right because God has his hands on <laughs> you know on the children. God gonna bring the fever there. God got his hands on, God, the, God. on the children. Oh my God. So I hope your ass get back. That's what the first So Lunell, Lunell, um, let me let me ask this question. Your top five females ever. I, Female? I, I wanna cause they always talk about the guys. Who's your top five females ever? Give me your Mount Rush, Murphy. All girls. Let's go. LaWanda Page. Bam. Roseanne Barr. Bam. Joan Rivers. Ooh. Well, okay. Everybody always throws moms in the pot. And I do appreciate her being the first female comic that I ever saw because I saw her before. Mom Miss Mabel. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, but you know, I don't Okay. So Mom's, mom's Mabel uh-huh. and then one more. And then me. <laughs> <laughs> 
now here we go. Here we go. Okay, well, I, got, got. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got. Because okay. I, I was wondering. My you, hands are getting sweaty now. I know, don't be nervous. Just top with. five females. You gotta, you got. I don't know how you gonna get by Carol Burnett. I almost oh. said Carol Burnett instead of me, but then I said me. But I almost said Carol Burnett. I could see her. I was looking right Carol at her. Carol Burnett, top five for me. But then you said, okay, because I was trying to figure out actors. But then you said comedic actress, son, um, that uh, thing. Um, Lucille Ball. Of course. I get all I got, my facial okay. expressions. And then, and then I'm going to go black from there. But okay. those, Lucille Ball yeah. is probably one of the funniest women I've ever seen, ever mm-hmm. as a child. And I just got to watch uh, Be in the Ricardos. Listen, Lucy was outside the box. Ooh. Lucy was was the first, like, uh, you know, you, she, she was the first Jim Carrey, like, for a female. Yeah, doing the, the, the physical sh- comedy. Shit. She was everywhere. She was getting yeah. the chocolates coming off the thing, stuffing them in her purse. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so I got Lucy, Carol Burnett. I have um, Paula. Poundstone? No, 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 no. Uh, Warfield. Like, really? Marsha Warfield. Oh, Marsha. Okay, Marsha. Marsha, I love. Just did a Marsha Warfield. Yeah. Ooh, Groundbreaker. Because you know, she was at them ropes with Richard Pryor. What is the lady? Uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. She did Def Jam with us. You And she's your girl. She she took off her wig. Laura. Laura Hayes. Laura Hayes. Look, people don't never get Laura. No, but I thought Laura had this thing that was kind of cool, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool gangster. Cool, yeah. Cool gangster. That's, what, that's like Oakland. That's See, I'm going, I'm going uh, old school and you, 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 you got to give me her name. She had the light eyes and the low haircut. Real pretty. Yvette? Um, <laughs> she passed away, but she Yvette. was, Eva, what's her last name? Wilson. Not Eva Wilson. Not Eva Wilson. She was, she was, she came up with, um, remember my man, Rondell? Oh damn! Back in the day when I comedy act theater, I'm going mm. off topic. God, You're going damn. to the comedy act way back. Back. I'm then. talking about she was one of those women that was like kind of raw, like Rodney, Rodney, Rodney. She was, with, uh, you know, Rodney, Rodney Winfield. Rodney Winfield. She was right in the pocket with him and that crash. Not Jed. Jed is not dead. Jed Jones. Not dead. Not Jed Jones. And not Myra. Myra. Myra's not dead. So Myra. Myra J. It's Myra J. Right. Myra J. Myra J. That used to hang out with Robin Williams. Yes. Yeah, Myra. You remember Myra? Yeah, Myra fucking got her name on the wall the same that we did. Okay, thank you. That's my yeah. top five. She's not. She's not dead though. And no, she's not dead. <laughs> she's still here, Myra. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then you, Lunell. But I had. I, I wanted to mix it up because I, I was just thinking about this. Now, uh, we have a billion dollar question on this show. Okay. You do know, you have a billion dollars? Since it's top billion. Do you have a billion dollars? Yeah, we got a billion dollars. Okay. But because it's a billion dollar question. All right. All right. You ready? Billion yeah. dollar question. Lunell, this is your fantasy. You can have two of the hottest black men that you've that have, you've always had a crush in, want to do a movie with, and you are all in bed. Who would those two actors be? Oh, people. Well, <clears throat> billion dollar question. I, I already have one. Okay. But I heard that he was a real asshole. Okay. But I hate that because I love him. Okay. That's Delroy Lindo. Delroy. Oh, shit. Oh, there's something about Delroy. That motherfucker. He looked mean. I like that. You. <laughs> He look. He do look like he'll choke. He look like he. he look yeah, like he, he look like he'll choke you. Yes. Out, but I'm here for <laughs> it. Yeah, you're here for it. And what, who's the other guy? Who's the other guy? Um, Gary Dordan. 
Gary Dordan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, wait a minute. So this is so you got and your, Blair. Blair, I got oh, you, Blair. Oh, you going for a threesome? No, I have the threesome. And okay, I so put you want Blair? Blair in there. Okay, so you got. But Blair. I'm actively after Blair. You walking him down? Yeah, because Blair, look, he was married to that beautiful woman for like mm. 26 years. Yeah. It's been two years in the house of Corona. They get a, a divorce. Okay, I feel like it's my time. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, fellas, I hope y'all heard Lunell got you on her hit list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delroy, choker. Yes. She want to be choked. Gary Dordan. Gary Dordan. Whatever you, whatever, whatever you want to do, you put the little hazel eyes on yes, her. She's going to black out. And then Blair, Blair can just walk in there and with mm. a white beater on and it's over. Oh, my God. And he was so mean and so shitty. And uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. And he was smacking, that Tyler Perry movie, he was smacking this girl around and everything. He was just hard, but broke my heart. At the same time, my panties were dripping. <laughs> dripping wet. Okay. Lunell, you have a brand new show that you're a part of. I don't know what I'm going to do. I never know what you're going to say. Tell us about your role on Hacks. I'm so proud to mm. be affiliated with this show because okay. I don't always get the... Big shit, you know. Okay. I mean, I get, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm riding high, mediocre, very, very right, right, well. Right, but now you want something. You want one, <laughs> right? So, Hacks um, comes on HBO Max. Absolutely. Gene Smart from Designing Women and mm-hmm. other great projects is the star. It's so inclusive and yet diverse. There's every, everything in mm-hmm. this show, <clears throat> sexually. And racially and gender, and um, they don't often write shows for older women in this town. But this is a fuck. The writers on this show, I, I, I have to bow down because you know I shot my episodes, and then I, you know, I wasn't around for the shooting of the others. Right. Then when the show aired, started streaming, I started watching it. I'm on the motherfucking show, and I'm at home going. <gasps> Oh my God. Oh my, oh, you know, like it's full of humor and suspense and nervousness and angst and love and tenderness and bitterness. And hey, it's got everything. Hey, well, that's, that's a good look for you because you get an opportunity to play. And, um, you know, that to me is one of the best things about being an actor when you can finally get a role where you can show all your colors. You know what I'm saying? But you know, most of the time, it's really just me. They just want me to be me. Like, my my partner in crime on the show Hacks is Angela Gibbs. Okay, okay. Ma, the great Molly Gibbs' daughter, Angela Gibbs. Angela Gibbs and, and I have worked together on Think Like a Man One, Think Like a Man Two, Black Jesus, <laughs> you know, all kind of shit. Right. And we're really, really good friends in real life. So it's natural chemistry. They didn't know that we even knew each other when they cast us, right. and we didn't know that we were working together until we got the call sheet. Oh, it's open. And then it was perfect. So, because so. in your improvisation stuff, like you did, like even in the interview, the stuff you say, you can't write that. Well, that's what makes a great interview. You can have a million motherfuckers on here, but it'll never be great. It'll just be all right. No. <laughs> <laughs> you going to have women coming on my show adjusting their coochie? It's well, just gonna you be... know, I originated. I didn't know I'm you like can adjust little, your coochie. I'm the little Richard of <laughs> coochie. Wedges. Oh my God! I, I do not know what I'm going to do with you. But see, that's the that's the charm. Yes. The people need to know, like you can't just be funny on. So like I said, you got to be consistent. You Absolutely. can't get paid because you had a fucking bad day. Your job, if you're a professional comedian, is to be funny 
at 8 o'clock tomorrow night and the night after that and the night after that and every motherfucking night. Nobody wants to see you fucking bomb. Absolutely. And you don't want to do that either. And then you go crying. I know somebody just got booed off stage, cried like a bitch. I know all about it too. We'll get up here. Right. But anyway, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the, you have to be consistent. Right. And if you're going to do these interviews, make them fucking count, you know? Absolutely. Be honest, but then, you know, throw some shit in there that'll make a person, you know, there's a lot of truckers that listen to these podcasts. Absolutely. You know? A lot and of people. That's yeah. why I'm doing it. Yeah. And they're out there on the road or whatever. And they don't want to fall asleep because they're fucking boring. They want to. Uh, did, you, did you understand? Yeah. Okay. And they want to they listen to something that's going to keep them laughing and moving down the yeah, road. Yeah, man. I, I, I got a question that I want to uh, pose to you. Um, being Because I'm very I'm a very much an advocate for women in comedy. You are. And I love now. the girls trying to, you know, come up and get in. I'm, I just love the women that want want to be funny and do this thing <laughs> what advice would you give to the to a young comic a girl that might listen to this podcast and be inspired by your interview and want to be a comedian i think that <clears throat> <clears throat> first fix your coochie <laughs> my coochie side make sure they my don't... soul. i had something <laughs> in my soul <laughs> so okay, um okay. i think that you shouldn't do comedy unless you feel like you would die if you don't do it. Ooh. I feel like I would die if I couldn't do it. Obviously, if I went to stage before I went to my, my, my young daughter. Right. I feel like you can be taught to sing, but you can't be taught to sing. And if you want to be a good comic, you can go to comedy classes and you can become a pretty good comic. But if you want to be great, you have to have a fire inside of you that will allow you to maybe have to sleep in a car at Santa Monica Beach. That will allow you to maybe eat out of the 7-Eleven, the dollar hot dogs for maybe two months. You have to be able to uh, do whatever the fuck it takes. And also, every time you go to a comedy club, you don't have to try to get on stage. Sit and watch the motherfucking show. See what kind of room it is. See what the headliner did in there, what works in that room, what don't work in that room, and observe and watch and say, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to never do that. You know, you don't have to be a mic whore and grab the mic every motherfucking place you go in. And what blows my mind is that people will come, young people that are trying to get on stage will come, then leave to go do some more rooms, but they won't even watch the headliner. Now, you got the opportunity to see a motherfucker right in front of you. You got class going on right in front of you. But they so busy trying to go get stage time. You know, New York, how you can hit four, five clubs yeah, in a night. Yeah. They so busy trying to go get stage time. Like, why would you leave a room? Why would you leave the cellar if David Tell is about to come on stage? Right. Why would you leave, you know, the Atlanta Comedy Theater when uh, Damon Wayne's about to come on stage? You got to stay. I got to stay. I got to stay. I got to stay. I'm sorry. I, 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 I literally was, I did a set in New York and it was one of those unbelievable nights. Mm -hmm. I went into the cellar and mm -hmm. I ran into Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. I ran into Godfrey. Mm -hmm, for sure. I ran into Aziz. Yes. We were all performing yes. at one time. What yeah. are the odds? Yeah. We all went on. We all watched each other. We all, you know, tagged each other and had fun like it was like old school. And then the black comics 
need to watch and see what the Latin comics are doing. Yeah. And they need to see what the Persian comics are doing. Correct. And they need to see what the gay comics are talking about. Because right. it's all comedy. And you need to know what's out there. Just when you think you're the biggest shit in the world, there's somebody down in Mississippi that could wipe mop the floor with your ass. You <laughs> know, there's right. people there right. are people that we don't know and they come up out of nowhere. And, and they like, what funny the as hell. That's right. So I remember anytime when you first, start thinking, you know. I remember the first time I saw Bernie Mac, I was like, I gotta get uh -oh. funny. I was like, I, I, I gotta get on another level with this funny because that see, Bernie, Bernie Mac was something else. And Bernie had that thing, that relatable everyman thing. Absolutely. You know, he, he wasn't like Steve. Steve is at a place where he's like, you know, well, he's not as relatable as like a Bernie. I think Bernie would even if you had Steve's wealth would be more relatable. Yeah. You know, Steve don't want to be bothered. <laughs> Bernie said, it don't make no motherfucking sense. Uh, uh, <laughs> Steve, uh, before we get out of here, Lunaire, I want to personally thank you for coming to Top Billing because you are a top villain. You are you are at the table. You earned it. You here. We respect it and we love it. Um, this part of a show we we call all facts. All facts. All facts. I'm ready. All facts. And when I ask you a question, you just got to give it to me all facts. Okay. You ready? you ready? All right. The question is, if there was anybody's uh, career that you admire and that you would want to be yours to be similar, who would it be and why? Female or male? Whatever choice. Whatever choice you want. Well, that's 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 uh, I have I have to give two part answer to that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, well, that would be Richard Price. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. And probably I'm gonna have to do a Cat Williams Chappelle double Dutch thing here because I love that Cat has a heart that don't nobody really know about mm -hmm. and you know i've always been like an underdog and he took me on tour with him 15 years ago you know he taught me about diamonds he taught me about the you know g6 private plane i'd never been on one before for him to reach back and get me out of the blue literally i i i, I could never discount uh, that ever and then Chappelle befriending me when i didn't even know think he knew who the fuck i was but we all me and bill flew down to uh, you New mean York. Me, you and Dave? Me, you know, me and Bill, my manager, oh, Bill. flew I thought to you New York okay. when Eddie performed live at Saturday Night Live. Okay. And there was all kinds of people backstage, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And Chappelle was back there. And when he seen me, he said, the queen, the queen, the queen is here. And I was, and he hugged me and we took pictures. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> why you don't think people know who I you are? Tell her, I'm not walking around thinking that every motherfucker, not the big boys, you know, like I just did Adam Carolla's podcast. Right. How, what the fuck would I think Adam Carolla would know who, who the fuck I was for? Lunell, if you don't stop this shit. Mm -mm, bro, I'd, I'd be flabbergasted. But it's absolutely charming, though, that you still are, <laughs> you still have the innocence of it. I like that, though. You ain't taking nothing for granted. You, you ain't taking nothing for granted. Is, is it doing anything for you, Bill? Yeah, it's making me warm. Feel some type I feel of way? tingly. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we'll be uh, right back out of these questions. <laughs>
<laughs> and I want to thank Lunell personally for stopping by Top Billing. It's been a blast. This incredible interview. You can see it. Listen on all the platforms. I'm Bill Bellamy. We catch you on the next episode. And of thank Top you. Billing. Follow me on Instagram yeah. at Lunell at L U E N E L L. Let's go, big Amen. sexy and fix your trolls, man. Oh my God, these bitches. <laughs> What's up? Milk is chilling. This is chilling. What more can I say? Top.